game. And I'm telling you, if we win on the road in Toronto, I have no doubt we are beating Orlando at home. <laughs> Hiya, folks. It's great oh, wait, to nigga, see you. Oh. Hot dog. Hating ass, nigga. Fuck the other yeah. side. Yeah. Uh-huh. side ain't uh-huh. shit. Ha <laughs> ha. Niggas can't fuck with me. That's the special way I fold my flag. And I push your head if it's about that cash. Give me a dicky, I don't need an outfit. Know the 305 fitting just to match my kicks. Yeah. Cause bitch, I'm alive. Yeah. And I can't even lie. You can tell by my red Oof, it's Derby week. It feels good. You feel that, Chris? You feel the I, playoffs? You feel the intensity of a rivalry? I, I, it, it's cooking. It's cooking. Is cooking, and I feel that can of whoop ass. <laughs> if any of you hear that, that's a Ventanita Tropical whatever beer, right? Just showing it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, it's a can of whoop ass that we're going to outleash, outleash. I don't know. Maybe I started drinking it a little bit earlier. Well, <laughs> I'm excited. It was a big weekend for us, for the other results across the league. But before I get started, I did want to touch up on something. I've been trying to get you to watch Ted Lasso for about a year now. <laughs> and you finally gave in and you told me you started watching it earlier today. I need, before we get into Inter Miami talk, I need a little review. Tell me, what did you think of Ted Lasso? Because we haven't spoken about this. This is going to be the first time you tell me. I need to know what the verdict is. I, I really love the show, man. I mean, I think oh, I'm yeah. about I, I'm about seven episodes into the show and I, I love it. I, I think it's an awesome show. I think it's very heartfelt. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 cool not really because... a so- it's, it's 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 founded in soccer, but it's not a soccer show. Yeah, but I mean, it 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 really brings the two, I guess, countries together in the sense of like what Americans think of soccer or, or football, and it's just it's really cool. I thought it was uh, I so far it's a very very good show, and uh, and the actors are amazing on it. It's it's great. You, you definitely yeah. gave me a good one. All right, good, because I, I I love Ted Lasso, and I try to incorporate as much as possible in everything we do. I haven't used a lot of the clips recently, but I, I've done it in the past. You probably haven't even realized it. Well, no, I haven't. All right. So, all right, so let's get into it. We had a big-time game, the last road game of the year. We're a horrible road team. So, you know, whenever we have a road opponent, it's a little scary. We were going into Toronto, their last home game, so we thought that they might come out with a little more juice for their fans. But... Much like you and I predicted, we thought that we would win. We thought that we'd win easy. Maybe yeah. as far as the scoreboard, it doesn't look like we won easy. But I felt like we basically dominated. And Iguain came through at the end like he has so many times. So what did you think of the game over there on uh, on Saturday? Oh, no, Friday. It was a Friday game, oddly enough. Yeah. And and I, I one thing that I could tell you about the game that I really thought was interesting is that it was very even. It was it was a very evenly fought game. It wasn't too much of uh, you know uh, too too one one sided. It was it was a really really fun game to watch, super intense, and it was just about who I guess was going to make the first mistake, uh, or or at least take advantage of the mistake. And luckily, it, it turned to our favor where Iguain just took advantage. I mean, just the play itself. If you really if you really I mean, if you want to go through the play a little bit later, but that's one thing that to me is just world class for Iguain and the way that he played. I thought that we, um, I thought we dominated a little more than I guess you you thought. I thought that we had more possession. Uh, I, I know that they had a few chances created, but I think for the most part we created the, the I guess 
the more um, the truer opportunities, I guess you could say that I felt like our opportunities were were had more of a chance of going in. I'm coming. Maybe I had a couple of drinks also earlier. So, um, well, one thing I one one thing I I will add to it that that I guess leans towards to your discussion. Uh, we had 58, 59% uh, possession in the game. So oh, there that, you go. That's, so there, if, there's that. To me, it felt that way. It felt like I felt like we dominated the ball. I felt like we dominated. We created better chances. Yeah. And I was, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, at no point, I mean, honestly, I did think for a second that we might leave there with a draw, which wasn't ideal. But at no point that I think we were going to lose the game, oddly enough. I'm, I'm not sure. I just was never really worried. There was one play there at, at the towards the tail end of the I want to say it was the first half where Insigne yeah. kind of got a ball and he kind of curled it in and it landed right above the net. I, I felt like that was the most worried I got when I saw a shot. Yeah. Other than that, I felt like we dominated the game. I thought Pozuelo played a great game and I loved the starting 11. And I know yeah. you, you were really hyped about the starting 11 when you saw that also. Yeah, I mean, the, the starting 11 to me was phenomenal uh, again. And, and then on top of that, you know, not only did we have better possession, we also had three more shots. We had uh, two more on goal. Um, yeah, and, and let me tell you something. Drake Calendar, man, was he just getting it in in the sixth because he was – Did I call a clean play. sheet or did I call a clean sheet? Yeah, and he needed this. He needed yeah, this he more than ever, especially against a Toronto team that can really blast off from beyond the 18. And so, to me, against this team, it, it was incredible. Now, when I was watching Iguain play – I mean, obviously, he kind of came through again. But I thought it was a little odd. I felt like he was coming back to the midfield like he's done a lot before. And we've talked about this before, how he yeah. goes to the midfield and kind of looks for the ball. I felt like he was doing a lot. He, he was almost – it almost looked like he was playing a false nine. Um, but they had two strikers up top. So I guess it's a little more acceptable since he can go help create in the midfield and Campana stays up top. But I thought it was really weird to see him falling back to almost midfield to look for the ball and cre help create some plays. That, that I, I thought was a little odd. But other than that, I love the way that they were playing. Um, obviously, they didn't score more than one goal, but yeah. I thought that we looked good. I, I, I like the 11. I feel like that's going to be our solid 11 when it comes to playoff time. Well, and I really like the 11 for sure. And it's going to look a little different next week because, I, I, you know, I, I didn't even know this, but Gregory's going to be out. Uh, you know, I guess he's gotten a lot of yellows. And, five. Um, well, once you get five yellows, you get a one-game suspension. Yeah, and that's interesting. Now, and what what happens after that? I mean, if he plays against Montreal and he gets another yellow, I wonder what the tally is on that. But no, I mean, no, no, I you don't get suspended after that. Now, what I will tell you is that if you have um, four yellow cards, let's say, right, and you're you're in danger of getting that fifth one, and then you go five games without getting a yellow card, they rescind one of the yellow cards, almost ah, like a, for, for good treatment. They take oh, one nice. away. Good behavior. Good so, behavior. Yeah, good behavior. There you go. So. But, yeah, Gregory's not going to be playing. Um, who do you think is going to take his place? I I'm assuming Mota is going to be holding the, the, the defending midfield. Yeah. I think so that it would probably think... be – I think it would probably be uh, Ryan Taylor. I Robert. think that he'd probably – I'm sorry, Robert Taylor. I'm thinking Ryan Taylor. What am I doing? Uh, yeah, I think that Robert Taylor will be probably starting in his place. I would like to see Robert Taylor just because I feel like you'd have all, your most skilled players all in the, on the field at – you know, at the same time for the most amount of time. I mean, I don't but you, something tells me, just knowing Neville and his love for Uyoa, I wouldn't be surprised to see Uyoa go ahead and get the start on, on Wednesday. 
Well, and he's he's a he's a defensive midfielder, so I can I can see that as well. But I mean, if you're trying to push the action, I think bringing on a winger is definitely going to be the best bet. That's for sure. And then, I, I mean, look, the eleven was was beautiful. It was it was a great great team that was put out on the field, and and I look forward to the next game for sure, even without Gregory. And I will tell you, when I first saw the eleven, I thought it was just about perfect. The only gripe I had was Mabika over Sailor. Because I like Sailor a little more than Mabika. I feel like Mabika's a little stiff. But you know what? Mabika, I thought, had a great game. I, I yeah. was I was pleasantly surprised at how well he played. He even had a, a, a nice little skill play where he had like a, yes, he a player out on the sideline where he he, he brought it back when uh, somebody was trying to pressure him. I, I thought I thought he had an overall great game, and he shut me up. I'm, let's keep bringing Mabika out there if he's going to play like that. Well, and I think, I think one of the things that I've noticed in some of the push that the team is making is that the center backs are giving are they're being given more i guess flexibility to move up so that that says a lot and the coaches trusting them to get back on defense because i mean you kind of expect that from yedlin uh you know you have mcveigh out there as well uh when it comes to yedlin you know you expect it but mcveigh you don't but he's been doing pretty well he's been holding his own back there in the left back I thought overall, I thought the team played pretty well. Like if I were to think of somebody that I thought performed poorly, I mean, I, I really couldn't give you. You know what? I will tell you one person. And it's not that they necessarily perform poorly, but you know how I tell you I hate seeing Bryce Duke get the ball inside the box? Yes. There's only one thing I hate more than seeing Bryce Duke get the ball inside the box, and it's seeing Lasseter at the end of an of a pass, of a, of a lead pass. When yeah. he gets an outlet pass and it lands in front of him, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to blow the goal. And I feel bad saying that because I feel like he puts himself in those positions to receive the ball. So he should get some credit for that. But yeah. man, seeing Lasseter at the end of one of those outlet passes is sometimes brutal because he just, he finds a way to kick right to the defender or to the goalie. There was that one game where he hit it straight to the defender's head. Like Lasseter just has the worst luck in those Fast break opportunities. Well, I mean, the the one thing that you mentioned is that he's putting himself in these in these positions, which is great because you can't teach speed, right? So he's getting mm -hmm. to to the point of where he can be able to have access to, to score the goal. But uh, one of the things that's happening is is either you know he's he's just not soft enough in his touch to be able to put himself in the right position. Uh, he kind of needs like this mix of of. He's of just his, not a finisher. Yeah, I mean, he's not a finisher, but at some point, I think he's going to develop that skill. Hopefully, it's with us, and and I definitely look forward to Lasseter because he's one of my favorite players for sure. I know, I know, you've been calling on uh, Lasseter since the beginning of the year, but Lasseter is how old is Lasseter? Uh, I mean, Lasseter's is... La got to be another baby, like a Bryce Duke, like 23, 24. No, no way. Whatever it is, yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be a baby. I mean. That's another one that that I was. I remember Phil Neville was talking about. Lasseter just so. turned twenty eight. Really? Yeah. Well, let me tell yeah, you, he's in, he's in great shape. That guy is in great shape. Look, twenty eight so, is still pretty young, man. Come on. <laughs> no, he's still it is, in his twenties. It is. We're not, it is. we're not talking about retirement age, but yeah, it's it's surprising. And look, he was with Houston for two seasons, and in those two seasons, he played thirty five games and he had three goals. So he's obviously not a finisher. So, well, Houston I mean, isn't wasn't that great of a team either. Okay, well, I guess I can give you that. Now, now there was a, a conversation that I guess wasn't going around, but.
But uh, I saw a lot of people going out and talking about how they felt Iguain is the MVP of this team. Now, I personally don't think so. I'd like to see what you think. Although Iguain is being touted as the MVP of the team, it's mainly because of the last 14 games where he scored 12 goals and he has two assists in the last 14 games, which yeah. is phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. But people aren't talking about the fact that in the last 13 games, Pozuelo has been playing. Like, that's when he yeah. arrived. Like, this change where Iguain just randomly became, and again, I love Iguain, but when he just randomly became the MVP of the team, it also coincides with the arrival of Pozuelo. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, who's really the MVP here? Like, who is the most important player? In my opinion, it's Pozuelo. What do you think? I mean, the 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 whole discussion between Pozuelo and Iguain being the most valuable player in the team, it's tough because you need Iguain to put the ball in the back of the net, right? Yes, so you can automatically correct. you would automatically assume, well, if Iguain wasn't on the task, then Campana would be. But maybe uh, we, but we don't know that because again, we're talking about two sort of different skill sets, two different types of experience. Like I mentioned in, in the game. That play where he scored, the ball was crossed towards him very lightly. And instead of playing it on the first bounce, he had enough wherewithal to, like, put himself back, allow the ball to roll in front of him. Like, those kind of little... He allowed it to roll behind the defender. Yeah, and those kind of things, those are the moments, that little moment, those are the things that, that is something that, that is not done by a new player. That is something done by a world-class player with world-class experience. And so to me, when it comes to the chicken or the egg, I mean, look, you have to sort of give it to Pozuelo because of the simple fact that the moment that he hit the team, he's made an incredible and immediate impact. So, I mean, he's earning every buck that he's supposed to be getting. I think that there's some sort of an agreement at the end of the season, that if he gets the team into the playoffs, I don't know if he hits a bonus or something. Uh, but well, whatever. I heard about that. But he deserves it. If that's true, he deserves it. And, oh, no, for sure. And and because and, and Phil Neville mentioned it in his post-game press conference. He mentioned that, hey, look, one of the things when we signed Pozuelo is we told him, uh, you know, we're signing you. We, we're, we're getting you to get into the playoffs. We're banking on you getting us into the playoffs. And then he also mentioned uh, uh, what, this guy Coco, Jean, I don't even know where that guy is. That guy's in the, is still where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't even thought like I honestly before you just said that, before you literally just said that, I completely forgot about that guy like even existing. Yeah. Like that guy is he unfortunately has made no impact. He's played like yeah. what two or three games maybe. Three minutes. He's played a he's played a total of maybe like seven minutes in those three games. Like I'm not counting on that guy at all. Like at that, at this point, I can't even see where he would fit. Because who would you take off for him? Uh, I don't want to take anybody off for him. I'd rather purchase him a plane ticket back to whatever <laughs> team he can he wants to pick. Because at this point, like having him on the team, would it be even better? Like, and that's another thing. I don't know. He's still injured. So is he planning on coming back from injury? Is um. You know, is is Phil Neville planning on on playing him at some point? Like that's that's a little dangerous. I think he's too. healthy. I think my, my understanding is that he might be available the next two games, but I, I don't see where he would play. And back to the Pozuelo point. No thanks. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to see him. You don't want to see him. No thanks. Back to the back to the Pozuelo point. We're a different team tactically now because of Pozuelo. 
I, all, all Neville and you, you used to love talking about the speed up the wings. That used to yeah. be our, our bread and butter. Run up the wings and then figure out how to cross it into the middle. We don't do that anymore. Bosuelo and Bryce Duke now hold it down in the middle. Bosuelo has changed the way. That we don't even use wingers anymore. Yeah. We're playing a diamond formation now. Right? We got four in the back. Then we got the, the the holding midfielder. We have a left mid, right mid. And then we have the cam, right? The Bosuelo as the attacking yes. midfielder with our two strikers up top. We don't really use the wings as much as we're used to anymore. We have Yedlin and McVeigh that maybe do cross that uh, overlap. Like but right for wing, the most, left wing backs. Right. But, but for the most part, we're working it up the middle. And that's all because of Pozuelo. So, Coco, his thing was, okay, he could play the wing and he's a backup striker maybe. Well, we're not using wings anymore. Yeah. So, unless he finds space behind Campana and Higuain at some point, I think that Coco's not going to be here next year. And we're just going to forget that he even existed as part of Inter-Miami at some point. And towards the end of the game, they ended up playing Taylor as a striker towards the end of the game. So, like, at this point, like, Coco, get out of here, okay? Now, <laughs> now, as far as the MVP structure, just what you mentioned, if you're, if you're setting up your team in the sense of structuring, you know, uh, uh, working through the middle instead of through the wings – that automatically tells you that a lot of the importance is based on Bosuelo. So, yeah, I mean, the quicker response and probably the more likely response would be Pozuelo deserves the MVP MVP of this team, for sure. Uh, that's what I think. I mean, you made a great point. Like, Pozuelo, he's changed the team, but Higuain's still putting the ball in the back of the net. So I, I get that. But to me, Higuain's been on this team all year. The team started changing, the philosophy started changing, and Iguain himself started changing once Pozuelo got here. So to me, that makes him the most important player. So I think yes, he would be the team MVP. And again, it's a silly conversation to have. As long as they're winning, I don't care who the team MVP is, as long as they're winning. But, you know, it's just interesting to talk because I, I heard a lot of people saying that about Iguain. And, you know, I still think that it, it might be Pozuelo. Maybe Pozuelo is getting overlooked when it comes to that. All right, so that. this weekend... I felt like it more or less planned out, played out the way we needed it to as far as the Orlando NYCFC game. Now, Ian Hest put out uh, a post where he kind of brought things out and he explained that if Orlando and NYCFC draw, Inter-Miami has a legitimate chance of ending up in the third seed. Now, that didn't happen, but Orlando did lose. And with that loss... Now, Wednesday, Miami has a chance to clinch a playoff berth. Yes. Now, I know you have a gripe with the New York team, so I'm going to let you get into the two New York teams because I know you wanted to bring that up real quick. Well, listen, like you mentioned with these uh, New Jersey Comepingas, these guys out here <laughs> that just completely crap the bed. I mean, what are you guys doing over there? You know. By and, the way, he's talking about the Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, at this, it sucks because you can't ask a team to like give their all. I guess. I mean, every team is trying, right? But they're already sort of solidified, so I can understand why they decided to crap the bed. But like, come on, they didn't decide to crap the bed. It just happened. I mean, come on, dude! You can't play defense in the last seven minutes of your life. Get out of here, right? So, yeah, because they had a 1-0 lead going almost into the 90th minute, almost the 90th minute. Yeah, and then they crapped the bed. They're poo-pooed all over it. And because of that, Columbus is still right behind us. And then the, the, the real New York soccer club that's in the state of New York, right, 
they ended up really doing the job and getting the job done for us. Thank you. Much appreciated because Orlando just sucks. I just hope that they lose every <laughs> single. For sure, they have to lose this game against us coming on Wednesday. But then, oh, my God. And Columbus, to me, I hope that they destroy them because they deserve to be in the playoffs way more than Orlando. These guys out well, here drinking their RC well, Cola and stuff. Like, get out of here, man. I'm going to put up the standings right now so we can take a look at the standings. So, as of right RC now. Cola guy. As of right now, it's a basically it's a five team race for the last three spots, right? Because NYCFC and the Red Bulls have already clinched. So we have Cincy at five, Orlando at six, Miami at seven, Columbus at eight, and Charlotte at forty one points at nine. They still yeah. have a chance, but they're gonna have a really tough time making it. Yeah, very. So sad. as of right now, Cincinnati has already played thirty three games. They only have one game left. Every other team, Orlando, Miami, Columbus, and Charlotte, they all play each other on Wednesday, and they have two games left. If Miami were to win out, they have a legitimate shot at ending up in the fifth seed. As a matter of fact, if they win out, they will end up in the, in the, in the fifth seed because they'd end up with 51 points, and the most that Cincinnati can end up with is 49 because they only have one game left. So Miami at this point, is in the driver's seat. And there's a good chance that we could play your lovely Red Bulls in the first round. Yeah, I mean, and I hope so. And I hope that they crap the bed like they did this past weekend. I mean, uh, you know, that now if they move up, right, because I see that the Red Bulls have 50, have to 50 points. If they Correct. happen to get 50, if they happen to get 51 and the Red Bulls lose out, Right? Does that mean that we're in fourth place? Uh, is there home field advantage there? The tiebreaker is wins. So if Miami were to win out and we'd end up with 15 wins and the Red Bulls were to just draw their last game, we would end up with that tiebreaker and we would end up in the fourth seed and we'd have a home playoff game. Yes, you're that right. That would be beautiful. That is that would be beautiful. Now let me let me go check to see who the Red Bulls play. Oh, and the Red Bulls play Charlotte, and Charlotte at the moment is still playing for the playoff spot. And I believe that that might be no, that's a that's a home game for for the Red Bulls. But yes, so we technically still have an opportunity to get the fourth seed. At, well, so I guess everything is pretty much open. I mean, Cincinnati also just lost this past weekend, which is beautiful. Uh, just amazing that Chicago decided to to wake up and destroy them. Uh, you know, you said they got one game left. Uh, mm-hmm. The two next games are going to be crucial. I mean, not just for us in the sense of we need to beat Orlando and, of course, Montreal, but then we have the last game of the season with Columbus Crew against Orlando. That one's going to be critical, critical, critical. At this point, our, our last game is against Montreal. And all they're really, they, well, they're playing for the first seed in the Eastern Conference. So they'll be playing for something, obviously. They'll be playing for that first round bye. So they're not going to lay down. And they are, I mean, right behind Philly. So you could say that they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. So us winning out isn't necessarily a given. I always feel good playing at home. But as of right now, as long as we beat Orlando, we're in. And once you get into the dance, anything can happen. 
Well, and that's the important part is just getting into the dance, right? It, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, you get the higher seed or the lower seed, you know, it's it's the football thing. Any given Sunday, you know, it's one game at a time, you know, that whole blah, blah crap. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's something to look forward to. Hopefully things can fall into place where we get fourth place and then we can have a home game. Uh, but if not, could you imagine? Could you imagine we win out and then the Red Bulls lose or draw against Charlotte on Sunday, and we end up with a home game against those Red Bulls? We bring in Lewis Morgan. Like, oh, welcome nice. back, Lewis Morgan, to Drive Pink Stadium, and we whoop his ass here at home. Could you imagine that? That would be phenomenal. I mean, that'd be that'd be fantastic to win against him and say, hey. Thanks for leaving us. Now we're on our way to the playoffs to go play crappy Orlando. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. I'm saying we would play him in the playoffs already, so we'd be sending him home. Oh, yes. No, for sure. We'd be sending him home on our way to playing crappy Orlando or somebody else. So, yeah. Uh, bye I think bye at that point we would play against Philly in the second round. But, you know, one game at a time. Let's focus in on Orlando. So we got... We got crappy Orlando coming up, and yes, I know that I shouldn't be saying stuff like that, but I don't care because... Well, listen, at this point, I'll, let me tell you something. I think that Lewis Morgan rigged the game and wanted to lose because he knew that you the stakes so? were high for Miami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sour ass. All right. So we got Orlando coming up. Now, a lot of people don't like this nickname. I personally do, so I put it in there. The Sampasico. You know, it's a little corny. Yes, I understand, but what other name can... LA has El Trafico with, with uh, LAFC and Galaxy, which I think is the best classical name, period. Yes. But I'll take some Pasico for now until somebody comes up with something better. So how you feeling? How you feeling? I mean, obviously, you know how I'm feeling because I've been talking crap all week. But what, how do you feel, Chris? Well, I mean, look, it's like we've been talking about in the podcast for the past couple of weeks, right? There's no place like home. Mm -hmm. So we got we are one of the best home teams in the league. Yeah, so we're, we got Orlando coming in. I mean, the 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 heightenedness of of what's going on in the sense of this rivalry, especially since we lost to them in in, in the U.S. Open. Uh, I, I mean, we've been competitive with them in reality this season. It's not like they've been destroying us or anything like that. So yes, to exactly. me, to me, this home game is going to be opening eye experience for Orlando. I imagine that we are going to annihilate them because we're playing at home. We are at our utmost confidence. Orlando, I think in the last four games, they won one and lost three. So, And they barely know. won that game. Yes, and they barely won. They, uh, no, the, the game that they won, no, the, the game that they won, they actually beat Toronto 4-0. to zero. Okay, so you talk. So they won twice because they beat. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, they lost to NYCFC. My fault. Yeah, my, they, my they they uh, they beat the Seattle Sounders before they went to the World Cup to the Open Cup final. Then they lost to Philly five one. Then they lost to Atlanta one zero, and then they beat Toronto four zero. And then they just lost, of course, to NYCFC two to one. So uh, it's not going great for them. They're kind of on the downward trend, and now coming to drive pink to play us. It's not going to be a good look for them. Well, I, I agree. Uh, we're again, we're a great home team, and I had somebody come at me at Twitter and tell them, tell me that they they've beaten us this year twice and blah blah blah. Look, I need people to understand one thing. We've played them twice in Orlando. Both those games went ninety minutes. 
without a goal from either team. Now, obviously, we all know that Damian Lowe, unfortunately, had an own goal in extra time, which gave them a, a late game win, which is fine. We took that L and we, we left the building and it is what it is. But do I think Orlando beat us that game? No, we beat ourselves. Literally, we beat ourselves. So they couldn't score on us in 90 minutes. And then you go back to that, that open cup game where we played in Orlando. Again, scoreless up until the 90th minute and we went to PKs. Now that's that horrible Bryce Duke PK and all that other stuff. Yeah. We lost the PKs. I get it. But again, they didn't score on us. This is not the same team that they beat twice, it's which not. they barely beat twice. We are now a better offensive team. We have chemistry, and we're now playing at home. At no point do I worry about losing this game. We will beat Orlando, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, let RC Cola keep believing whatever he's talking about, right? <laughs> Go eat your fake-ass medianoche with uh... – Drink it down with your RC Cola guy. I mean, Orlando has been on the Now I know what you're talking about. Okay, I wasn't sure what you kept bringing up about RC Cola. I get what you're talking about. Yeah, because if you notice in the video, I mean, look, if you guys want to see what we're talking about, come check out what's going on at our Twitter, okay? <laughs> Battered Herons. And uh, there's this Orlando guy that is just a weirdo. I mean, he is eating the stalest sandwich I've ever seen in my life drinking it down with an RC can cola. I haven't seen that since the 50s, and I wasn't even around. Yeah, it was he just randomly just sent me that video in, in the comment section. It was very I odd. Mean, very, very well, odd. who does that? First of all, are you going to record yourself eating a crappy Melianocha and drinking an RC cola? You're a loser. But whatever. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's on the outside. Orlando's been on the downward. Um, they got two tough matchups. One coming to Miami where we're just going to dominate them. And then one against a really, really good team in Columbus. Uh, listen, I look forward to their demise big time. I um, I feel like getting that road win, because, you know, the road games have been an Achilles heel for us. Yeah. And getting that road win, and like I said, obviously the stats don't back up what I'm saying, but I felt like we, we took control of that game for the most part. And I felt like maybe the players feel it also. I think that... We're going to come into the game with confidence. We all know, everybody in that building knows, we win, we're in. The yeah. players know it, we know it. I f I'm hoping that the crowd shows up. It's unfortunately a Wednesday game, but luckily it's at 8 o'clock and not 7 or 7.30. So hopefully people can make it out. And, man, it would be awesome to clinch a playoff spurt because although we technically made the playoffs in 2020, it was really weird with the whole pandemic and they did like this thing where like a bunch of teams made it and there was less games played. A bunch of weird stuff. This will be, I feel like, the very first like official playoff berth in our in our team history. So it's going to be a big moment. And, and I believe that we will win. Yeah, and in our third year, not like these clowns out in Orlando that were like in 11th place in their third year, right? I mean, and not only that, but I think I ended up just uh, finding out my wife told me that there's no school on Wednesday. There isn't, no. So That's why it's perfect for me. <laughs> Dade County, please mm -hmm. stand up. Get your ass out to drive pink. I'm coming from Homestead. I'll pack you into the car with me. We got to ride out. I want to know what your prediction is going to be, though. What do you think is going to be the score, Danny? Man, I'm feeling pretty good. I might be a little overconfident, to be honest with you, but I don't care. I feel that good. I think we win 3-0 on Wednesday. 
Listen, you know what? I think we're going to go 4-0. Emerson's getting a goal. No, no. Man, I see now you just killed him. You just killed <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no Emerson. No, Emerson. We'll, we'll take Emerson now. I do think that it's going to be a, a good game for us. I think it is going to be 3-0. I agree with your score as well. I think 4 is a little too much. I think I agree with your score. I think 3-0 is going to be perfect. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't see us losing. They haven't been able to score on us in the past. I, I think our offense is much improved from when we last played them. Yes. And I, I think this is just going to be. It's going to be an awesome moment to to make the playoffs. Hopefully, that the, the crowd is there. I hope we get to celebrate with La Familia because I think it's going to be awesome. And there's a chance that we're playing for a home playoff spot on Sunday, if we win on Wednesday. That is. If yeah, if we win, of course. I mean, but look. I look forward to seeing exactly who's going to, you know, how many people are going to be coming out to the stadium. I think it's going to be a, a, a better showing than what we think, especially on a Wednesday. I really do now, think I will, so. No, I, I hate to be that guy, but I feel like it's necessary since we do a podcast. Let's, let's, let's be real for a second. Obviously, it's not impossible that we lose. So hypothetically, let's say that Orlando somehow beats us and we lose and Columbus beats Charlotte on Wednesday. That puts us in eighth place. And that's not a good place to be right now. Because at that point, we're relying on another team to be Columbus for us to have a chance to get in. Yeah. And who's that team that we need to be Columbus for us to get in? It would be Orlando. It would be Orlando. Yeah, now, if be Orlando. I was Orlando and I knew that Miami was hoping that we beat that other team in order to get in, am I really trying to that. help them? I'd prep the bet on purpose, maybe, you know? Like, I don't know if they would have too much to play for. I guess technically they they could possibly get a home playoff game if the Red Bulls were to lose and everything I just said about Miami happens. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be kind of tough. It's, it's going to be tough. If we lose on Wednesday, Sunday's going to be pretty bad having to hope that Orlando does us a favor and beats Columbus, and then we have to go ahead and go and beat Montreal. So Wednesday is not only important to win to clinch that playoff spurt it, it could be the difference between us making the playoffs and then just not making the playoffs at all but one thing i want to mention because i just looked at the starting lineup that we had playing against orlando in the in the in the in the cup in the u.s uh open cup we yeah. started we started emerson we started taylor in the midfield our right back was was uyoa yeah, yeah, it's, it's a completely I mean, different team. DeAndre Yedlin came out, and then Uyoa went in for him. But, uh, you know, Lasseter was out on the wing. Uh, you got Bryce Duke that came in, you know, for, for – Abbasilev came in for Bryce Duke, so we didn't have a Pozuelo. You know, we didn't have well, Pozuelo wasn't there at the time. We look, had Campana. Look. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we had Campana that started, and Iguain came in later in the game, so they both weren't playing at the same time. I mean, this team that we're going to be fielding is going to be a completely different team than what they saw in the in the U.S. Open Cup. Look, and if, if you want to go to when we played them in, on July 9th, when we lost 1-0 with that Damian Lowe, which, by the way, at that point, Damian Lowe, I thought, had had his best game of the year up until that point. Yeah. Uh, we started Campana, Vasilev, and Duke were the three up top at that point because Campana Ooh, still wasn't here. My God. So he still wasn't here. And I, I believe the... Iguain come in late at that game? No, Iguain, he probably Iguain, did Iguain, come in later that game. Oh, no, Iguain didn't even play that game. 
So, but look at that. I mean, just 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 the simple fact that number one, you didn't have your two, your two strikers on the field like how we've been having them lately, right? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you now have to implement the fact that Bosuelo is 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 annihilating defenses right now. You yep. know, and and Iguain didn't even play that game, and that that and even if he would have played, that wasn't the Iguain that we have now. Oh yeah, so it's a different so, world, guys. <clears throat> So I'm feeling good. Like I said, if we were to somehow not win, which I, I just can't see, man. I, I just feel like this team is destined to, to make the playoffs. <clears throat> but if for some reason they don't win, it, it's going to be dire strays on Sunday. But let's stay positive. I think we'll win, and, and I think we're going to make the playoffs, Chris. I think we're going to make the playoffs also. Everybody that's listening to this, tell your mom, your grandma, your grandpa, your neighbor, the abuelitas at the real windows in Hialeah. Go get tickets and go make coffee for us over by the Cafe Butelo stand. But enjoy some soccer at Dry Peak Stadium as well. So, And if you live in Homestead, Chris said he's going to rent the school bus and he's taking everybody with him. Taking everybody. The yellow <laughs> buses. Okay? Uh, all right, Chris. So we'll record again later. Hopefully we're celebrating a playoff berth later this week. Hey, got anything else for the people? Be there or be square. Try pink, guys. Um, Come on. Let's go. Let's go. We